the Chicago Industry Podcast. Music, film, television, business, influencers, entertainers, creators, events, and sports. Celebrating the Chicago Industry, past, present, and future. Always remember, Chicago is the culture. Today on Chicago is the culture. I am Tay Tech. This is Chris Bolivia. <laughs> What's going doing? on? I'm good, man. How about yourself? I, I'm pretty good. It's a nice day. Good weather. De- definitely. This is not. Definitely. Not this is like. Yet. We're this, waiting. Is, this is like winter fall. You know what I'm saying? Winter, winter is coming, people. It's on its way. But uh, so Bolivia, I've always wanted to know is this derivative of something? Foreign it's French. Roots. It's French. Yeah. So, are you French? Really? Twenty-seven percent. Twenty-seven percent. You did your. Uh, yep. Ancestry. ancestry. I sure did. <laughs> so, you are a actor. You are an entrepreneur, dancer, which is that seems to be your biggest passion. Like, is that what truly got you into the industry? Um. Yes, actually. Um. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say it got me into the industry, but me myself got myself into the industry based off of you know self marketing and just mm-hmm. word of mouth. Okay. Just being who I am, and um, I mean, looking out for people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, doing free shows to people. <laughs> and that's usually how it starts. Like, so it's kind of just like self-marketing, you know, doing free shows for people, helping people out, people you thought was cool with you in, in the beginning, and now it's like, oh, how are these people now? <laughs> so with, with the self-marketing, you say you get free shows. Do you feel like that's like the basis of networking? That's how it all begins? Mm, I would, okay, yeah. I, honestly, I would say yeah. Only because to get your feet wet, you have to have experience. Right. So in order to have experience, you have to do something for somebody to get something. True. You know what I'm saying? So it's like doing a free show is kind of just like I I rocks with your brand. Mm-hmm. I rock. I believe in you. So I'm going to supply my services. And then what makes you greater or a better person as far as like your craft is what you do with that content. Exactly. Now, do you feel like with like the free work? It's easier because you love it, right? Yes. That's how you can tell if somebody is in it for the money or you actually have a passion for what you're doing. So how did you get to the point where you love, like, how did you get to the point that you realized that you love dancing? Mm, well, to be honest with you, I was, you know, break dancing and moonwalking at five. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, my mom used to always, you know, call me in the front room and have me dance to the song The Booty Up. And my diaper, like, <laughs> yeah, like, I'll be in the front just, like, doing a booty up. And I'm, like, five, six years old. And my mom was like, oh, look at him go. And her friends would be like, oh, so cute. But I felt like a piece of meat. I felt like a piece of meat, though. Like, now that I think about it, like, yeah. I felt like a piece of meat in a diaper. Like, that's, you got these what, these kid, old women looking at me like, this kid in a diaper. I'm dancing, no shirt kid, on. Have to do, like, Everybody has that, hey, yeah, my uh, grandbaby can, uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I felt like I was the first Magic Mike. Like, I have on no shirt, like, I had on the diaper. Like, I was just... You said, uh, how <laughs> I was, like, five, six years old. Man. I was the first Magic so Mike. your first job was... I was the first Magic Mike, man. And then after I got done, they gave me something to drink. I was like, oh, that's why I got paid? Something exactly. to drink? Some right. apple juice? <laughs> hey, and, that, and it leads into when you get older, because... Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but honestly, so what made me get to the point of, you know, dealing with like, oh, this is a passion. This is this is it. Mm -hmm. Like I was 16. I joined a dance group. Um, I was in this dance group called Throwdown. And Mm -hmm. in this dance group, um, Nick Gonzalez was the choreographer, the founder of it. Um, Six, which is one of the biggest choreographers um, in Chicago, outside of Chicago. He actually choreographed Raw Diggers. Uh, party and bullshit video mm-hmm. he choreographed that and mm-hmm. he was in the video so um ian eastwood like i was in the same group with him mm-hmm. i met ian when he was 11 like wow. we was all in there just dancing i was just like wait what so i had an opportunity to dance with someone who was a usher impersonator at that time oh, wow. <laughs> and this guy really looked like usher like i'm talking about you walk and be like oh right okay. literally like oh it's him. it was kind of <laughs> like Okay, no, Usher's a little shorter. <laughs> so I, I got paid for that show. And I'm just like, I can get paid for that thing? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yo, 
I can I can do this. So like dancing kind of kept dancing got me out of trouble. Mm. Like it got me out the hood. Like it it saved my life. Otherwise I'd be out there like game banging around with people because I hung around everybody that was in separate gangs. Mm. So I never joined a gang because I was always moving as a kid. So with that being said, I was around everybody's gang. <laughs> I don't want to go to a set. They'd be like, what set you rep? GD, get beat up. Like, what? Really <laughs> Vice Lord, you get beat up. Like, what? Like, I just did. I was just like, you know, I'm cool with y'all. Y'all do y'all gang stuff, but keep it over there. I'm not in it. <laughs> so yeah. it's like I developed a passion just from that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I love what I do. This makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And I just started pushing ever since then. Like, I was in high school. I was working. And then I was going to dance practice. Mm-hmm. All free. This is before Game Pass. Yeah, this was literally, I'm in a dance group doing shows and competitions for the free just because I love it. Like, I love being around people who's other, you know, who's, who's artistic, mm-hmm. people, just the art, the form of dance, everything. I just love it. So it's just like I developed that passion then, and I was just like, I need to take this to another level. Mm-hmm. So and that's what, when I started self marketing myself. Okay. This is uh, right around. MySpace times. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Even on MySpace, like I used to put up little videos and do little stuff here and there. I looked like crap back then, but you know, <laughs> I was just like, this boy can't, this boy can't dance. <laughs> so you said, wait, so you said you feel like you look like crap then, but you just still, still kept going. Kept going. So at what point kept did going. you feel like, okay, I got this? Like, you can't um, deny me. My moves are amazing. When I started um, learning from other people, as far as like you know, other crafts or stuff that they do. So a lot of people kind of influenced just how I thought about a lot of things in the industry. And then on, in the midst of that, a lot of people was hitting me up like, hey, you know, you did this video or I seen you dance on stage with this person or I seen your video or whatever the case is. Yeah. It was more so just like, I seen this. Mm-hmm. Can you help me with this? And this is, so this is also before YouTube. So yeah. How did they see it? So, uh, MySpace, it was all on MySpace. It was, I had a tag page. Mm, like that's that. way. <laughs> we came a long way. Man. Technology. And this still exists, though. Like, tag is still tag. Yeah. MySpace is, like, Tom is still on MySpace with the same profile picture. He's still your friend. <laughs> like, he's still on MySpace. Man. <laughs> so, it's, it's more so just, like, people will come to shows and see me, and then as years and years got along... It was just like self marketing. So it's I you know, like I said, I was learning from people, so I was understanding the business at a young age. So I was coming into the business as a brand, a marketing like executive of myself. Right. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Basically I was doing the work, writing the work and presenting the work. Now, I was the product and pushing out the product. Right. At what point? So around what time is this where you say you really got a grasp of the business side, like all the marketing and everything? I was, this was like maybe 18, 19. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I graduated um, high school, um, went to college and I was in college and I was just like, yo, college is cool, mm-hmm. but I feel like, I feel like it's not for me. Right. So like from then on, every time I did something or even like a regular nine to five, I just felt like it just wasn't for Chris. <laughs> like I don't knock people going to college, yeah. but I just felt like that right there, it just wasn't my my destiny. It wasn't my path. But in college, you that, is that when you went to Westwood? Yes. And you were majoring in interior? Architecture, interior design. Now, is that still something you're interested in? or? But see, the thing is, I'm interested in it because I love to draw. I'm an artist, okay. like I draw. So, so yes, right. just just being definitely like self creative. Because mm-hmm. so in high school they stuck me with a class in my junior year of drafting. And I'm like, nigga, uh-huh. what, what is drafting? Drawing lines. So I went to this class and I'm just like, what is this? So as I got around to it, I'm just like, hmm, this is really good. So I just started creating and designing houses online, mm-hmm. like on my computer, just for school, even outside of school. And it got to the point that where it's though me and another student, like we were acing everything. And I was just like, yo, this is this is great. So my junior year, I was in advanced drafting AutoCAD. Like, I was like, dude, I can create houses. Like and then it got to the point that where it's though I would be at home and I would just draw up like a house. Like I have a pencil, a ruler, protractor, like I would just draw and design a house. So even at this point, would that be a slight second? type of thing you might get into? Mm, no. No? 
only because I've dealt with a lot of stuff growing up as far as like racism, discrimination. Mm. And that kind of like even though that shouldn't, you know what I'm saying, like deter you from that decision or that feeling, I didn't have that strong of an emotion for that craft to deal with that, to overcome that. Oh, you saying specifically in that? In drafting, yes. Yes. So like you ever experienced that in dancing? As far as racism. I wouldn't, necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily say racism. I mean, females look at me like a piece of meat when I dance, but <laughs> it's kind of just like I dance and I'd be like, oh, you're staring at me. Okay, I'll yeah. stop. <laughs> so, I mean, it's yeah, I've, I've never really witnessed, witnessed it, but in drafting, I've witnessed it like wholeheartedly, like mm-hmm. firsthand. Like I really felt like, wait, what? No, absolutely. I actually did that also, and it's like I'm the only me in the room. So it's the question of, are you looking for the token guy, or is it, my skills are so amazing that you need me, and then you look around and it's like, I don't think they're going to choose me. And that's that's how I felt, Mm -hmm. because at first, before I went to Westwood, I went to Harrington College of Design, which is downtown on Madison Street. So, in the midst of me going there, I was like, the only black guy in my classes. Mm-hmm. It was like another guy, he was Asian, who we became real close friends, and we was in a, a class full of women. Like, I'm talking about like women, extremely smart and beautiful, but they was like extremely smart. It was like whites, it was Asians, it was like Japanese, like they were like extremely smart. So it's like me being the only black guy, not the only guy, but it was like two guys in a class for the women. So me going to Harrington, so one day we was outside, they was, you know, smoking their little cigarettes. I don't smoke, by the way. Never smoked, never lifted a cigarette, a piece of weed, a blunt, nothing. Mm. Um, so I'm proud of that. So it's like, we was outside talking, and everybody went back to class. You need a key to get in the building, mm-hmm. obviously, like a little swiper. You know, I, it's a private college, so right. I need a little swiper to get upstairs. So we do that. We go upstairs. Two guys on the elevator with us. Everybody got off on their floor. I got off on mine. And these two guys followed me. And I'm just like, okay, maybe they going to like a office or something. I get to my classroom door, trying to, you know, walk to the door. And they're like, hey, excuse me. I'm like, yes, can I help you? They're like, uh, you have an ID? Like, do you you go you here? Go I'm like, do, do you go here? I'm like, do I go here? You just seen me get on the elevator with you. Right. And you wait till now to say, do I go here? And did you need a key card to get on the elevator? Exactly. So I'm on the elevator, and in the midst of us being on the elevator, I'm at the door. My teacher is like, you know, coming to class. I'm like, uh, I have a dilemma. (laughs) (laughs) So my teacher comes to the door, and the guy is like, hey, you know, you just want to know if you go here. So my teacher like, Chris, come to class. I'm like, well, I'm kind of, I can't right now. I have a situation. So my my teacher, literally, so my teacher comes out. He's like, well, what's the problem? I'm like, well, they're the problem. Mm -hmm. And my teacher is like, hey, you know, like, what's going on? They just like, yeah, we just want to make sure, you know what I'm saying, it was safe. I'm, and when that happened, I was just like, whoa. Yeah. I was just like, seriously? So then they were just like, we just want to know if you go here. He was like, he's my student. Like, let him in class. He's late. Like, let him, let my student in class. They were just like, well, we just wonder if he goes here, you know, we just want to. Fr-. I'm like, is it because I'm black? And they were just like, sure, no. Yes, but I'm the type of person, like, now, even now, I'm real blunt. Yeah. If there's something on my mind, if I need to say something, I'm going to say it. At the end of the day, we got freedom of speech. No matter how many times the government rewrote the Constitution, <laughs> I don't care. So wait, wait, wait. You say you blunt. Just, just so your lady is putting on some pants, and she says, "Does my ass look flat in these pants?" I'm going to say yes, because I feel like if you can't handle me in that in that moment, you can't right, be. You shouldn't be with me. You shouldn't be with me. Otherwise, you shouldn't ask me that question. Because a lot of people feel like, oh, well, if I ask this question, he should lie to me. No, F that. I'm lying, so I don't... If, if you... <laughs> but see, that's the thing, though. If I feel like, if I say this and I don't keep you, you wasn't meant for me. True. I don't need to be around you. So it's like, when I say stuff like that, like, I'm blunt. Even now, people be like, Chris, you're an asshole. I feel you. I understand. I'm the truth. But I'm at the point right now, I understand everything that goes on with me, and I know me. So I know how I'm going to present myself to people. I'm not going to fake it. I'm not going to be phony. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm not going to tickle your ego. I'm not even ticklish, so that don't even bother me. So it's like I'm not about to tickle your ego just to make you feel good. If my girl say, hey, you know, 
I'm not gonna be disrespectful about it. Right. Like she's gonna pay, you know, do my do my ass look flat or whatever. I'm be like, eh, you know, you might want to change those. Like <laughs> you might want to change some jeans for those jogging pairs or something. Like, right. <laughs> but at the same time too, I probably want to be with a girl who got a flat ass. So okay. with that being said, like, <laughs> no, no flat asses. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just not no. Mm-mm, not going, but I, I'm blunt like that. But I utilize it in a joking way. Like I don't disrespect women. I don't disrespect people. Now, if you disrespect me, I'm gonna give you something to think about. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get revenge on you or anything like that. You're gonna be sitting there thinking at home, like, dang, I disrespected Chris, and he made me feel some type of way. Right. And his response wasn't aggressive. Exactly. Or his response was so polite that I feel bad even just saying something. <laughs> So I'm just like, dude, like you can say whatever you want to say, dude. As long as you don't put your hands on me, you we all gravy. So that journey to like basically understanding yourself and being able to project that. About how long in in this process of life, how long did it take you? About what age can you say? Mm-hmm. You was really comfortable with yourself and like, I'm blunt, but I know how to not be an asshole about it. After I was twenty five. After you were twenty five? Yeah. Okay. So between like twenty six and 28, I was just like, I need to realize something, Chris. There's something else going on with the world. So then I kind of, I was in the midst of me being woke. As far as like to a lot of stuff that's going on in the world that a lot of people don't really see. Mm-hmm. But it's right in front of them. But a lot of people nowadays really don't look past what's in front of them. At all. It's only surface level. So I'm like, bro, I'm a dancer. I'm finna scratch the surface. I'm finna go in this box. If you got a box with a ribbon on it, I'm going inside this ribbon, this box. I'm going everywhere. Like, I'm trying to figure out what's in this box. You're not going to just hand me a piece of paper and be like, hey, read this. Right. Why did you write this? When did you feel like this? <laughs> what made you feel like this? What inspired you? Like, how did, why would you give this to me right now? Right. Why not just tell me in person? Why not just be verbal about it? Why write it down? Is it a secret? Did you feel ashamed? Like, I'm that type of person. Like, I want to know the nitty gritty of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people nowadays can't really handle that. And I'd be having conversations with women and I ask questions. They'd be like, why are you asking so many questions? I'm, I'm just trying to understand. I want to know. <laughs> I'm just trying to understand. And they'd be like, well, Chris, you just, that's just hard to read you. What's, don't read me. Don't study me because you won't pass. That's a bar. I hear you. Like, do not study me because you will fail. Mm. Like, seriously. You will have to renege another grade. Like, you have to go and, back and, and finish honestly, another grade. It's a really big thing that it, it sucks that People don't want you to come to full understanding, but I kind of feel like people feel that way because they don't completely understand themselves. So yeah. they don't want you to understand because they still figure it out. This is this is very true, mm-hmm. and this is why. Like, I mean, I kind of like try to assist them, mm-hmm. but then it's like the way that I try to assist them, they think that I'm like, they think that I feel like I'm better than them or I'm on a higher level than them, which I'm not. Like, people might look at my life now and be like, oh, he's very successful. He's doing this. He knows that person. His network is this. Like, I still struggle. I'm st- I'm, I, I'm still black. Like, I still do things yeah. that black people do. Like, hell, I got, I got a cabinet with grocery bags in it. I do not know why. Because <laughs> we was always taught to like, <laughs> like, I just, I got hella Walgreens and Target bags and <laughs> convenience store bags is wrapped up in one bag. Man. I never knew why. Like, I never knew why I did that. A, a learned process. <laughs> I just like it was passed down from generations. But I mean, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff goes on. So I just think about a lot of stuff just in my past mm-hmm. in order to get me to where I'm at now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like my biggest thing that ever happened to me was to witness my grandmother die in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I was two years old. And I remember it like it was yesterday. At two. At two. Mm-hmm. So it's like is that right there was like. That was a lot for me because I couldn't do anything besides sit right there and look at my grandmother as she's like helpless. Mm-hmm. And even at two, you all have built a, a yeah, relationship. Yeah, even though, you know, she used to give me and my brother oatmeal and I used to <laughs> hide it in a tablecloth because right. I just hated oatmeal. <laughs> even to this day, I still don't eat oatmeal. <laughs> yeah. Then my brother told on me one day and I got, you know, the biggest whipping, you know. <laughs> the biggest whooping. She was like, go outside and give me a switch. Uh, uh, who? Man. Uh, what? <laughs> I don't understand how they tell you to go pick your weapon. I'm, I'm like, you want me to go get something so you could give me a whooping? <laughs> I'm bringing back a stick that's going to break as soon as you hit me. Right. <laughs> but no, I mean, like I said, that, that situation there. And then my mom didn't let me go to the funeral. 
So it's like I remember oh, this yeah, stuff. Because you were so young. I rem I remember this. So her telling me this now is kind of just like what? Mm. So um, it's just a lot to deal with. And then when I was just recently on tour with a mainstream artist, my grandfather passed. So I'm just that like yeah. So I'm just like, what? So like my little brother calls me. Usually my little brother calls me. He wants something, obviously. <laughs> I'm like, what's up? <laughs> I'm just like, what's up? Uh, yeah, I need a, oh, you need something. Like mm -hmm. you always call me when you need something. Right. But he called me and I was like, yo, what's up? Like I'm literally after the show in my hotel room, kicking it with everybody, just chilling. Mm -hmm. And he's like, mom's crying. Wait, what? Mm. Why? And he's just like, I, I don't know. I Grandpa just died. Say so what? Mm. He prefaced that with, I don't know. Right. Oh, I'm just like, know. wait, what? Mm. Now, mind you, like, me and my grandfather was close to where's though, like, he was all, he, every time I would talk to him, he would always say, you know, I'm proud of you, you're doing your thing. Mm. Well, my grandfather was just, my grandfather. <laughs> He'd be like, hey, you talk to your older brother? I'm like, no. He'd be like, ah, don't worry about it, leave me alone. I'm like, <laughs> so why would you ask me? Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, my grandfather passed, and I was just in daze right then and there because his family, his like his wife and all, like his family didn't do anything about it. Like it was never anything that they. It was just ridiculous. But I ended up leaving tour to come back home, and yeah, it was just a lot for me to deal with. Like I had to leave. I was just like, I can't do this. I need to fight. Like I need to leave tomorrow. Right. And that was a part of the time. Like uh, you said, you took your break, or. Took my break. Like, I know you said you took off a little bit, like in December. So no, I was talking about like last month. I took off. <laughs> right. So this no, no, been... no. This was when my grandfather passed, like over a year ago. Oh. Okay. I was still on tour, so I've been touring for like two years. Okay. Um, but yeah, like what I was literally like in the midst, fresh on tour, just in there, mm -hmm. and this happened. I was just like, wait, what? Mm. And I left tour. I don't care about nothing else. Of I'm just like, dude, I'm not about to. Be here at no, I kick it with y'all later. Like, y'all always be here. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I can't do this. So, and then it's like, nobody knows nothing. I'm like, so y'all just don't, y'all don't know how he passed. Mm -hmm. But it, I don't know, it was just like a lot of stuff sticks with me. So I think about those things, and that makes me who I am as I continuously move forward. Like, even with like hospitals, like, I went to visit my grandfather in the hospital, me and my cousin. Mm -hmm. We wrote him a note and everything. He was on all these machines. She just had surgery, all this stuff. Wrote him a note, and I told the nurse, I was like, can you give this to him or read it to him? Mm -hmm. I sat it on the little board, you know, put a little pen on it and everything. I'm like, read it to him. Next thing I know, nobody nobody knows where the leather went. So me being me, because I think about stuff not only now, but in the future, like the bigger picture, right. I took a photo of the letter. Mm -hmm. So when my grandfather passed at his funeral, they were just like, is there anybody, you know, who would like to talk and stuff like that, give a couple of words? I didn't want to get up and do it because I knew I was going to, like, Break ball in. out. Yeah. And my mom was just like, Chris, you know, I'm like, no, I'm not. But I had to get the, the courage to do it. And I went up there and I read the picture. Like, mm -hmm. if I wouldn't have took that photo from of that letter, I wouldn't have had nothing. Had, yeah. Like, I would have been up there just, like, frozen. But I did that, and he was always like, you know, Dan, he was like, you you know, dancing is good for you. You know, just keep doing whatever makes you happy. Like, he was always saying, like, little slick stuff like that. So I knew that he would be proud of me continuously doing consistently with dancing. So I took dancing to, like, a whole nother level. Was he, like, an early motivator? I wouldn't say early. I would say kind of mid. <laughs> yeah, I would say kind of mid because he really didn't understand me dancing. Mm. until I guess I think I, I did like a couple of like TV appearances and stuff and my mom told him about it he was like wait what, my grandson I was just <laughs> like yeah <laughs> like I've been like a person that's like a lot of people like oh man you should be proud and doing this and doing that I don't brag and boast about stuff mm -hmm. it's kind of just like if I posted I did it it's cool what's the next step right. and I'm just like that's it's just what it is like the industry will tear you up like it will rip you apart if you're not like strong enough or just like strong in faith or just with yourself, right. it will tear you apart. It will yeah, eat you and chew you out. Talk like about that, like knowing yourself helps in the industry because people just pull, pull. They yeah. What they need yes. When they need it. Yes. So. And I didn't come into the industry based off of, oh, I'm all about money. No. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to help influence people to do and go through what I, you know what I'm saying, what I've been through or what I didn't do. Mm -hmm. Like I never took dance classes. I'm self-taught. 
I just sit and watch VHS tapes of Michael Jackson, James Brown, The Temptations, and Yo, be like, hey, I can do this. <laughs> you got slick moonwalk. And I see you busted out in a couple of different. I was, what was I watching? Uh, it was the Chris Brown, uh, what was it, Juicy Booty choreography? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was, him, uh, I was gonna actually say that phrase. Him, yeah, Chris Brown, Juicy Booty, but yeah, that's the name of the song. <laughs> And uh yeah, him, uh, like, Aiko and Kells, yeah. Killed it. I mean, this this is a passion of mine, man. It's definitely a passion of mine. Like dancing is my everything. Mm-hmm. Like I I could dance and have a conversation with somebody and never really understand I'm dancing. Stop. They'd be like, Chris, did you just? I'd be like, I don't yeah, remember. <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember. <laughs> man, so I know you said you say yourself taught, but I know you said uh, you had a lot of people you learned from. Yeah. So, um, as far as styles, I know you cut, you do uh, crumping sometimes, a lot of popping. Yeah, crumping, I did that for a while, but popping and locking is, like, my thing. Like, That's your go-to? If I was, like, like the movie Breaking, favorite movie of all time. Mm. If I can go back to the 80s, I would just start a fighting club just so I can battle somebody. You should throw an 80s party and just do it. Uh, yeah, no, not now, no. No? Not nowadays, no. no. I'll think about that later on, maybe. Okay. So I'm just like, eh, it is what it is. But to be honest, though, I got my, I would say, like, the beginning style before mm-hmm. I started developing stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michael Jackson, James Brown, of course. Right. But Genuine. Genuine. When I seen Genuine dance, I was just like, this dude's smooth as hell. <laughs> I was like, this dude, why is Arvin like a noodle? Like, I was like, this dude's smooth as hell. So I started developing that type of craft and that style i'm just like dude what this dude is gliding across the yeah, floor seriously that's exactly what <laughs> i'm like this guy is gliding so i'm just like i mean I, i'm like i can i could do a little something so like as time progressed i was just like man i'm man, i'm perfect this and i started watching like old school poppers boogaloo shrimp popping pete mr wiggles like i started watching like all these guys as far as like studying my craft mm. so it's like i started doing that and getting to the level i'm at now and that's like i can I can do that stuff with my eyes closed. Like, and I know you said you were on a tour with a major artist. I know that uh, you're, is it the, chore- the lead choreographer? Um, Right now, yes. So I'm more so, yes, the lead choreographer. But more so just the dark, the director of my, like, section. <laughs> of the, okay. the, the, guy, the people that put on the show, I okay. help with that part. Okay. So it's more so just, like, I'm the lead guy outside of production and engineering and stuff like that. So I help with the creative part of shows. So outside of that, what what all are you working on now? Like what's going forward? Um so right now, um my actually first class of the year is at Chicago Dance Studio, which is in River North. Um it's on like Chicago Avenue and Franklin. So I teach Tuesdays there. I teach beginner at seven, mm-hmm. intermediate at eight. And now I have a new class, Advance, at 9. Mm. But on Saturdays, too, I have a new class. I teach kids at 10. Okay. So I have a youth class between 8 and 14, ages 8 to 14, at 10 o'clock on Saturdays. Okay. And kids are kind of like your passion of, like, passing on the torch? Yes. De- no, definitely. Definitely. Because I do have a few girls I've worked with when they was, like, 12. And now they're, like, you know, 14, 15, or, like, 16 now. They're still growing in the industry and stuff like that. So I have videos with like me dancing with them because they came to my class. Right. I'm just like, oh, hey, haven't seen you in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I love like passing the torch and just kind of getting having being able to influence those not only around me but mm-hmm. or older than me or younger than me. Right. Like I've had conversations with people older than me and they just like, Chris, you not your average like right. person like your age. Yeah. And I'm just like, I understand it because. I want to create more. I want to do more. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just exist. I'm trying to live. Like, right. I'm not trying to sit here and be like, oh, you know, working nine to five and come home and eat dinner, mm-hmm. go to sleep and wake up and do it again. Mm-hmm. No, no, not at all. It's not what I'm here for. <laughs> not what I'm here for. So, yeah, I'm doing that. And then I have um, I'm working on the film that I'm doing right now with a friend of mine. She's a screenwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like the the leading male for her film that I'm, we're starting to film in um, February. It's called Situationship. Situations. Because if you think about it, how often do people walk into situations? Man, just regular nowadays. Walk, walk, <laughs> into a situa- walk into a situation, man. Um, and then I have, so I have this huge thing that I want to 
that I'm going to start doing. It's a two-month challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically when dance and fitness merge together. Mm-hmm. So I'm creating this class dealing with dance, but it's also fitness. So right now I'm getting ready to do like a two month challenge. It starts February third at the same studio, Chicago Dance. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to work on that. And when that start, I'm literally like pushing for it. Like I want to create something to where as though I can get results. Like I want to let people know and show people that I can I can fuse dance and fitness together and help someone like either lose weight, feel good about themselves. Uh, develop strength, endurance, like just Have create that time. that energy yeah. with life. Mm-hmm. So it's I I mean I love it, man. So Chicago dance is where I'm doing basically everything. So it's like I do that, and then I work with a lot of artists, a lot of mainstream artists, a lot of local artists. People come to me. Run down a couple names real quick. Um, Nathan Palmer played for the Denver Broncos. Um, Jazz, which is a new female artist, she's super dope. Um, Kales, R. Kelly, you know what I'm saying? Sir the Baptist. Like, I've I work with a lot of, like, a plethora of people, but I keep connections with people that I feel like I'm family. So once we create that family, it's kind of just like, no matter how long we don't talk to each other, when we do talk to each other, we family. Exactly. It's like I just talked to you yesterday. Yeah. And that's how, <laughs> that's how I create from, you know, that's how I tell the difference of who I rock with and who I don't rock with. And a lot of people in the industry fake fake it till you make it. And it's like, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. But at the same time, I'm just like, nah, bro. So what exactly is that? So basically, Silent Successors is a company that I developed mm-hmm. from my life. Mm-hmm. You know, like growing up. I was always promised stuff, um, so I, I I would get excited. Like I would I would get excited for stuff and be like, oh my god, this is gonna happen, and it never happens. Mm. So it's like nowadays that I, now that I'm older, it's like I get excited, but my excitement is more so like me being proud of where I came from, right. and where I'm at now. So me being silent is like nobody. If people looked at my resume, people would not know that I've done all the things that I've done. Yeah, but I've done it not necessarily as a secret, mm-hmm. but it's been silent because it's like I don't count my eggs before they hatch. Mm. I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket. And it's like I'm not about to jinx myself and be like, hey, you know, I'm about to do this. I'm about to do that. I got this coming up. I'm about to do this. I got this. I got that. And it don't happen. And people are like, oh, Chris, you're a liar. Yeah. They're like, hey, what happened to her? And it's kind of just like, no, I'd rather just show you. Mm. I've always been a man to action speak louder than the words. I can say whatever it is I want to say, but the action, mm-hmm. once you see it, it's kind of just like, oh, he he really did what he did. So I developed silent successes as that because my success mm-hmm. came from me being silent. Mm-hmm. And then it's also like if you look at the five top richest people in the world, people who only pick out Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, but people don't know about Mr. Wash. Like, people don't know about them. People don't know about other people that's got more money than him. Yeah. People don't understand that. Like, people really have billions and billions of dollars that has more money than Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg put together. And it's a lot of black billionaires. A lot of so black billionaires quiet. that you do not know about. Mm-hmm. And you don't know about them because they're not out here bragging about nothing. They're just like, hey, if you want to learn something, I'll teach you. Right. Other than that, I'm not, I'm not about to be online protesting like oh i got this i got this i got 18 cars like for what mm-hmm. there's no purpose in that there's no purpose in that because you doing that is only going to make a guy hate you and envy you right because they don't have it and they'll try to come for your spot so with the uh silent successors i saw that one of the things you had on there was uh, artist development yes so How important do you feel that it is for artists today for artists today mm-hmm. i feel like it's very important Excuse me, but dealing with stuff that's going on right now in the industry, I feel like everything is a test subject. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of new artists are test subjects. And it's ridiculous. So it's like I read something the other day that they have a 10-step program to develop an artist. Like, it's, it's just crazy. So it's kind of just like it's not even really about your music or it's just you. It's a gimmick. Yeah, It's a gimmick. So a lot of artists out here are like, oh, man, dude, cool. He cold. I'm, finna, I'm, better, I'm about to be on. No, you're not. 
So with that, do you feel like they lost longevity? Yes, because I feel like now they're just creating artists for the generation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like for the moment. It's always for the moment because it's like you here today, gone tomorrow. And they can they can knock you off just that simple, like just that easy. Yeah, and I just really encourage like building a real brand, a brand that stands for something and can create longevity. Like at this point, it's a little difficult being the first to do something, but you can be the best and the most unique. Like even a Travis Scott to a future, similar yeah. but completely different, and you're into the person for separate reasons. But I don't think people take time to develop their brand and say, hey, this is who I am, people. It's kind of like, oh, they're hot. They got Frito-Lay colored hair. (laughs) (laughs) Frito-Lay. So. (laughs) Oh, man. He got Skittles in his hair. No. (laughs) I mean, that's exactly what it is. And I feel like they're conforming people based off of influence from these so-called artists. Mm -hmm. And it's getting ridiculous because it's like, no matter what these artists are doing, people are mimicking and mocking what these artists are doing and not even knowing what it's for. Seriously. So it's it's ridiculous, man. But with silent successors, like I said, I do, you know what I'm saying, photography, choreography, um, artist development, creative director. Like, I do a lot. But I, I created the company based off of not only just me being who I am and the services I provide, mm-hmm. but the people that I know, people that I'm around and I connect with, we all utilizing all our talents together to create one particular force. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if I'm doing a choreography for an artist and they need a music video done, mm-hmm. it's like, cool. They like, man, we trying to get this stuff done. I'm like, cool, don't worry about it. Silent successes, we got it. I choreograph it, look for the dancers. I got a videographer. I got a photographer. Like, I got everything you need right here in this company. Right. So utilize silent successes as the production for everything. So it's like I utilize that as a family entity. Like I have artists that I can rock with as far as silent successors. And it, it just goes beyond that. Now, I'm um, interested in as far as how things weave together as far as, like you say, you connect with people and you build family-style relationships. So I want to point out a couple things in your career and kind of see how family it was, but then also how it may have progressed you forward in different aspects. So I know early on you worked with uh, Demi Lovo, right? Yes. So how was that? Like, how was that different from what you were doing before at that time? Um, When I started working with Demi, so, like, I'm the type of person, if I see the potential and, like, the quality of a person, not necessarily got to deal with like their music or craft, but just mm-hmm. them as a person. Mm-hmm. I rocks with them. I rock with them even more. Right. So like for instance, Demi, she did a show before I ended up being introduced to her. Um, and it's crazy because her stylist actually like introduced me to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yes. know what I'm saying? So, so I, like um, like Andrea Nicole, which was her, which is her stylist. She introduced me to her, and she was just like, "Yo, I know this guy. He's real cool with dancing. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever. He's dope." And I met her. And we did a show, and we set up for um, T. Taylor's Showtime in Chicago. Okay. He does, like, a Showtime in Chicago, which is like the Apollo in New York. Mm-hmm. Same setup. You can boo. You can do whatever. <laughs> and I've seen some crazy stuff, being people being booed. But, yeah. <laughs> and it's like I developed that type of relationship with her in the midst of me seeing the potential and the quality for her. Mm-hmm. So this was her second show ever, my first show with her. We did Showtime in Chicago. She was singing. She had the two girl dancers. And before my part came up, they booed her mm. off stage. I came out and was like, what you're not about to do is <laughs> boo this artist that I'm working with. Right. <laughs> and I came out there and I was just like, man, finish singing. Like, no, like, skip that. And they started doing this and the Sandman came out and he started like with the broom. Me and the Sandman battled. I'm like, bruh, you not about to sweep her off the stage, homie. Mm. Me, and the, me and the Sandman did a dance battle against each other, dude. You won? Yes. <laughs> they, she came back out and she redid, redid her song. Mm. Like, I'm just like, dude, I'm not, like, if I rocks with you outside of family, friend, whatever the case is, I'm, I'm there. Like, I'm loyal to you. I'm kicking it. Like, this is what it is. Mm. 
I'm not going to be like, oh, okay, you messed me up. I'm going to just tell the world that you suck. No. Like, right. if you boo them, no, I'm, I'm out here. Yeah, show on. I'm like, I came right out and was like, bro, I'm finna, what? we finna battle for this. Take your broom and everything. Like, we out. <laughs> so, even with that, artists, they, wanna, they don't want to get you, you know, like, if it's five people in the room, you perform like it's 500. What? Yes, definitely, man. I done did shows with three people in the room, bro. And I yeah. promise you, I performed like it was thousands. Man, and then same thing. If they booing you off, it doesn't what? matter. Keep your energy, finish your song. It it's all about being professional, man. And a lot of artists nowadays don't know how to be professional because they're so gimmicky mm -hmm. that they would get to a show or do a show and be like, oh, well, I'm already big or I got this amount of views. That doesn't matter, bro. Mm -hmm. Because if it wasn't no internet, you still wouldn't be right here. So you have to be professional. Mm -hmm. Like, don't get booked for something or do something for free and act different. Right. Treat both the same. If you get booked for it or if you're doing it for free, treat it the same. And don't agree to do it for free if you're not going to do it. Exactly. Like, don't agree to do it for free if you're not going to show up on time. You're not going to come to sound check. Come to the show and be like, man, he messed up my track. No, nigga, you did. Because you didn't show up for sound check. Yeah, I was going to say, if your you mic can't is not blank. working right, Bruh, they, like, they don't have a frequency for your voice. And then it's like, with your experience, if you so-called own, <laughs> you should come to the you should come to the show with your own mic. Hook it up and right. leave it there. Because you what? You're so called. Oh. oh, like, come on, bro. Like, let's be real, man. So a lot of artists nowadays don't understand mm -hmm. only because of what the fabrication of what the industry is showing them now. Mm -hmm. So it's like they come to shows late, high, drunk. You'd be like, dude, be professional, man, mm -hmm. at least. Like, at least. Because this is your name, not ours. Right. It's your brand. This is you. This is you. But a lot of artists need artist development. Mm-hmm. And it, it it scares me because I see artists and they do the same thing or they walk back and forth, they pace. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, dude, you run the marathon? Like, what, where are you going? You got an app that you get paid to step? Like, where are you going? Like, what is going on here? And it's just crazy. And it's like, you get dancers and it's, it be like uncoordinated. Like, mm -hmm. if you go have dancers, at least let them have the same outfit on, please. Some type of coordination. Right. Like, don't have them up there with one Adidas outfit on and a Puma outfit. Like, dude, like, don't do not do this to yourself. It's all about branding. It's all about branding. And it's you like. free game about artist development. Dude, and it's, man, look. And it's like, if you got it, you got it. If you don't got it, don't say you got it. <laughs> like, for real. And don't believe you got it before you got it. Man. And it's, and it's like, I, I tell people the, uh, I don't necessarily want to say it like this, but I tell people the. The homeless factor. So I, I create like this homeless factor, right? So you outside, you walk past a guy, homeless man, say, hey, you got some change? Mm -hmm. You'd be like, no. Technically, you do. You just don't want to give it to him. Mm -hmm. So you either not say nothing or you tell him you don't have it to spare. Because I feel like that right there would go a longer way yeah. for somebody. Now, if you walk past and they just like, hey, you know, you have any change to spare? And whatever, whatever, and you just like, no, nah, but you pull out a wad of cash that you have nothing to do, and you just like, no, nah, I don't, bro. Mm -hmm. But also, too, at the same time, me personally, if I'm somewhere at a gas station or whatever, and I see a young kid, like young guy, yeah, and he's just like, man, you got some change when you come out, I'm not gonna give you any change whether I got it or not, only because you're a young guy and you you can find ways to make money. And you got the one thing that the working people don't have. Dude, time. dude, not you, time. you not about to sit right here at this gas station and you're 18, 19 years old, maybe 16, and you're just like, man, you got some change when you come out? I don't. Not for you. <laughs> now, if you say it, oh, man, you know, I'll pump your gas for you, bro. Or, man, i do something in return. Like, dude, nothing here is free, bro. Right. Like, I didn't get to where I am by sitting right here asking for change. And I've been homeless twice. Mm. Like I've been, I've been through the wire, bro. Like I slept on the street. I slept in some people's cars. Like I've been at my friend's house, and when they out of town, I'm like, man, can I stay at your house for the week? Like, why you gone? Like, dude, I've been there. Like I've literally been there, bro. I know how it is to be in the slums and be in the dirt. Mm -hmm. People done talked about me and everything. People spread rumors about me and everything. But I'm just like, dude, I don't care. At the end of the day, I know who I am. God know who I am. Mm -hmm. So I'm not about to sit right here and and basically entertain like these rumors and these lies dude i do not care now do you mind me asking when you were homeless is this like 20s yes mm. so this is after being in the industry a little bit yes 
And I, to be honest, I'm 32 now. I just restarted my life at 29. Mm. Like, literally, I just restarted, like, everything. What was the beginning of the restart? The beginning of the restart, to be honest, I've been doing dancing or just entertainment stuff for two years now. Mm-hmm. Like, full time. Mm. So, I restarted my life, literally, at the end of 29, I restarted my life. And it was kind of just like... I'm working all these jobs and I'm just like, I'm so great at what I'm doing and it's good, but nobody wanted to help me get ahead. Mm. Even promotions. It's like, if I, if I get a promotion, I still feel like I'm stuck. Yeah. Cause they have a ceiling. So I'm just like, I, I just feel like I'm stuck mm. and I'm just like, I'm just not this person. Mm. So I'm just like, I just can't do this. And I was like, I need to start all over. And in the midst of me saying, I wanted to do that. I, out of nowhere, I ended up going on tour. Mm. And ever since then, I'm just like, I'm going to just do this full time. Whether I struggle or not, I'm going to be happy. And this is literally what's been going on. And I've been successful. I failed. But in order to to succeed, you have to fail. You know what I'm saying? That's the only way you go learn from your mistakes. Right. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to just win, win, win. And win, win, win. And win, win, win. Bruh, no. What, you, what, what part of life is like this? Right. There's no way that you was like three years old, like I'm gonna tie my shoe. You're not gonna get it right. Like you go, you go tie your shoe, you go get the walk, and your shoe will unravel. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, no. Like in order to succeed, you have to fail. So it's kind of just like I do the whole like go for no thing, mm-hmm. and I've learned that from a real close friend of mine, um, Quinton. He was the vice president of Boys of Poison. No, he was the president of Boys of Poison which is the group that I was a part of. And um, I ended up being the vice president because he seen something in me Mm -hmm. that I was literally following the structure. So I understood his motive and where he was going with the group. Mm -hmm. So like he used to always like tell me like, man, go for no. The quicker somebody can say no, the quicker you can get to a yes. Yeah. And you get enough no's out of the way, you're going to get to a yes. So I'm just like, what? I go door to door all all day. Be like, hey, no, cool. (laughs) No, Great. Yes, let's sit down. Mm. Like, I'm not about to sit right here and be like, dang, I didn't get this opportunity. It wasn't meant for me, obviously. Mm-hmm. It, it either wasn't meant for me or it's just not for me at this time. Right. And it can definitely be an opportunity in the future if you put work. Exactly. Exactly. And I also feel like, too, when uh, opportunity presents itself to you that you're not ready for, don't say no and be like, I can't accept it and leave it alone. Still study it, like still follow the directions or just l- research it. So if it does come back up, you're like, I'm prepared for it now. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't do that. Right. Now, uh, with the opportunity that you had with Napalm, how did you end up meeting? <laughs> Sounds like a story. No, it, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. So I got a word from like a few people. They were just like, Hey, this artist is having auditions or whatever, or, you know, whatever. I'm like, Uh, okay. Uh, what artist is this? <laughs> and at this time, he was still playing football for the Broncos. And I'm just like, okay, cool. So I ended up going to the audition. It was way out somewhere. I was just like, Man, where am I? Like, what is this? And I don't even remember how I got there, but I got there. <laughs> and um, I get there. Come to find out, he worked with people in Chicago that already knew me. Mm-hmm. They knew I danced. So when I came in, it was like, oh, you got the right guy right here. Like, people already knew, like, what I was about. I didn't have to say nothing. It was kind of like my aura and my presence was just like, yo, this is the guy you need. Like, this is it. And I went there, did the audition. I was in a room with everybody. It was me, two other girls, and a guy. I guess the guy left. But the two girls was, like, freestyle dancers. It was kind of just like, you come to audition as a freestyle dancer? And it was kind of like they didn't really have anything to show for themselves. Like one girl was a while I cam dancer. It was like what, what, what? I mean, you know. While I no, don't get me wrong. While I cam, they hey, they be getting it in. Yeah. But only for what they do on the while I cam. Mm-hmm. You can't do that professionally. Mm-hmm. You can't but, hit. But can it be honed and trained and like if they can follow directions? If they can follow directions. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of that, you can't be on the professional tour hip rolling the whole time. People just, get tired. Just be clear. People get tired. <laughs> go from Walla Cam to being the backup dancer for Rihanna. It can happen. No, it, it can definitely happen. Okay. Only with direction, though. You have to have the attitude to do it. 
Because a lot of people out here are great dancers, mm-hmm. but a fucked up attitude. Mm-hmm. And your attitude will stop you from everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, I did that. And um, crazy thing about it, like, my friend, like, real close friend, um, Tin, she was there through the process. So, it was just like, yo, what the what the hell? Like, mm-hmm. so he had a show at... I guess now they call it Baseline, but it was something yeah. else back then. It's like it's been five names. Um, so in the midst of that, we did the show. Mind you, I'm in the back making up choreography right on the spot. Mm. I'm just like, dude, d- what? You got to, sh- like, I was hit with the show. Like, yeah, we got a show in a week. We need another dancer. We need this. We need that. I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> so I'm literally learning all this stuff, like, at a fast pace. So I'm just like, all right, cool. So I'm I'm backstage making them choreo before we even hit the stage in like 10, 15 minutes. So it's like I'm always learning and creating something right then and there. So it's like I I love that because it builds a relationship with somebody that's like, I'm testing you now. Right. And then they know that you're reliable. I'm like, I can switch something up right now and perform it in 10 minutes. <laughs> like, let's do it, bruh. You might mess up a couple times, but it's a learning process. So now you know what works and know what not what don't work. I mean, it's a learning process. Now, with Napalm, have you traveled a lot? With Napalm or just in general? Well, with Napalm, but, you know, in general. Well, with, mm, well, with Napalm. a lot with dancing. I have traveled a lot with dancing. Okay. Dancing has, dancing has got me a lot. And when I was younger, I was always like, hey, you know, I want to travel the world doing stuff that I love to do. I love dance. And I'm just like, yo, crazy. So when I went on tour with a mainstream artist, and I've, I've probably traveled... 30, travel to 30, 40 some states already. Now, that's what I want to know. What's your favorite place to travel? Reno. Nevada. Okay. And Arizona. And what, what's your favorite place? What what place has the best dance scene? As far as I mean, obviously Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah, obviously LA. Um, they have the best dancing for commercial wise Mm -hmm. so every state has like a different dance entity like new york has like the more theater Mm -hmm. broadway la has like the the commercial um the commercial concept chicago has like that street gutter you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying like my home is my home vibe right so it all depends on where atlanta has like that that smooth, saucy, like spicy kind of like feel. So it's kind of just like everybody has like a certain style that you can kind of utilize or pick up from. It all depends on where you want to go. Mm-hmm. That determines where you need to go. Uh, well, where can they catch you online? Um, so like my social media, my Facebook is you know Chris Bolivier K R I S because I know people probably like well, his name is Chris with a C. No, it's not. <laughs> it's Chris with a K. So it's K R I S B E L L V as in Victor I E. That's on anything, Facebook. Uh, so Instagram is the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's Chris Bolivier, but official. Okay. So anything dealing with Chris Bolivier or Silent Successors, you will find me. Right. So that's generally like everything that I have. And I pretty much put everything online as far as like teaching or anything I have coming up. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you heard it here. You dropped a lot of gems, a lot of love for dance. And uh, yeah, Chicago, you got a culture.